Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast. We're all be coming to you every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God, which is my absolute favorite thing to do. Every week, I'll bring you encouragement to see God working all things together for good. From scriptures to devotional excerpts to song lyrics to personal examples from my journey through redemption and restoration. Joining this community on a regular basis, where it's okay to be real and throw off our masks of perfection, will not only encourage you, but will motivate and stir your hearts and just possibly leave you forever changed. In times like this, we all need to be encouraged as we face the challenges, difficulties, and losses of this life. So I look forward to growing right along with you in authenticity and transparency as we endeavor to find the faithfulness of God in our everyday lives. So take a moment to write a review on Apple so even more people are able to find the encouragement you're about to hear. Each episode is broadcast on my YouTube channel before it's converted and brought to you in this audio format. If you'd like to get in on the fun and giveaways at my YouTube home, join me over there at Athena Dean Holtz for even more encouragement. So hey, let's get started. Welcome to this week's edition of Redeemed and Restored, where we connect every week to intentionally discover the faithfulness of God. And today I am super excited to introduce you to Monica Schmelter. Uh, She is an amazing woman, host of the daily show Bridges, which is airing in over 50 million homes on the Christian television network, CTN. And uh, Monica is a former fixer and her current situation is grace and more grace. And her disarming personality and heart for people brings powerful testimonies of her guests to the forefront, illustrating how God's never-ending love and faithfulness continues to transform lives worldwide. And you are going to hear a story of redemption and restoration of really an entire family, but how God used a pretty unsuspecting situation to draw an entire family to himself. And you are going to love this interview. So here we go. All right. Well, it is wonderful, Monica Schmelter, to have you on the Redeemed and Restored broadcast today and podcast. Um, it's been a long time coming. I'm super excited to have you on today. So welcome. Thank you. And I'm so excited to be here and to be able to talk with you, Athena. Thank you for having me. You bet. So I absolutely love the diversity of how God redeems and restores in people's lives. Yes. So I would just love to start with what, uh, example of how God worked in your life to redeem and restore. Thank you. And you know, I think you're right. We all have, right, a restored 
story, a redemption story. And so I think I'll start with, you know, I was born into a family that wasn't Christian. And uh, I remember that at about five or six years of age, I walked into our living room and I said to my mom and to my grandmother, you know, I'm going to be on TV someday and tell people about God. And my mom said, no, you're not. And I said, yes, I am. And she said, baby girl, no, you're not. We're from a poor family. And things like that don't happen to people like us. And looking back, Athena, the interesting part of the conversation there was one, that that would have come out of my mouth, right? But that she keyed in on that we were a poor family, not the fact that we weren't Christians. <laughs> and so, you know, as I grew up, um, when I got into my uh, pre-teens and early teens, I was uh, became rebellious. I had run away from home a couple of times and was skipping school and experimenting with drugs. I was one of those kids that you didn't want your kids to hang around. And that's right, because I wasn't making good decisions. But um, And I just was really angry about everything in life. My parents argued a lot and that made me angry and we had a lot of turmoil in our home. So I was an angry 13 year old and what happened, Athena, is that uh, I have a brother that's 11 years younger than me, born with Down syndrome and several upper respiratory issues. So he was sick all the time. And even as angry and rebellious as I was, um, I really loved my brother and him being sick concerned me a lot. So when a neighbor uh, came over and she invited my parents um, to come to church. She said, you know, there's a healing service at our church. And I don't think, Athena, we had a stinking idea what a healing service was. But out of love for my brother, my dad, who said that he was an atheist, my mom, who believed in Christ, but hadn't accepted him, hadn't didn't have that personal relationship. And my Muslim grandfather at that time, uh, he did become a Christian before he died, but my Muslim grandfather, his second wife and their children, we all piled into the church together for this healing service. And I would have told you if you would have asked me that that night would become a night of faith for me, I would have told you no way. In fact, when we got to the church, um, people were like clapping and raising their hands and I had never seen that. And I thought these people are crazy and I just really need it to all stop and go away. <laughs> And I kept nudging my mom saying, can we go yet? Can we go yet? And she's like, shh, shh. you know how moms do, right? And um, they finally had the healing prayer. And I thought, great, we get to go because I can't wait to get out of here. And the pastor said, I can't stop the service right now. Uh, he said, I just can't dismiss. He said, God is showing me that there are 10 people in here that don't know him. And I just want to pause long enough to give that invitation. And I looked and I counted at my pew and there were 10 of us. And I realized for the first time that Jesus really was our savior, that I really was a sinner. Like I had rejected those thoughts before. In that moment, I started to cry. I looked at my mom, I said, can I go up to the altar? And she goes, I guess. And so, Athena, I didn't walk to the altar. I ran, tears streaming down my face. And um, I, 
the pastor came and prayed with me. And I remember that it felt like a thousand pounds of guilt and anger fell off of my shoulders. And from that day forward, I've never looked back. Uh, my parents did not start attending church with me at that time, but they did drive me. So I was able to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And that's how my faith in Christ got started. Wow. And you were 16? 13 years 13. old. And a rebellious, wild yeah. child. I mm -hmm. can relate to that. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. I just love how he does that where he makes himself real mm -hmm. and draws. I mean, he has to draw us. Yes. We don't just choose him. He draws us. Yes. And he was drawing your whole family. Yes. And, and eventually, I'm sorry, eventually my whole family did come to Christ. It took 25 years of prayer on my part for my parents to come to faith in Christ. But that night, he started with me, and then it rippled through my family, that redemption, that restoration. Um, it's still, it's miraculous to this day, because if you would have told me that he was drawing me to him five minutes before I ran to that aisle, I would have told you, uh-uh, no way. I love how God just loves to surprise us yes. and i mean i was a god hater so i i pro we probably would have been twins exactly <laughs> i'm like christians whatever they're yeah. just weird mm -hmm. and wow when god actually yes. pulls back the curtain so we see mm -hmm. with not our natural eyes but we see we need a savior wow what that what that can do in a life. I mean, now to think that you are not only uh, doing what you, as a five-year-old, said you were going to do, mm -hmm. but that is going out through the Christian television network all around the world, and souls are being touched and saved, and Jesus is making himself real to those people I mean, wow, because not only was your life redeemed and restored, but that ripple effect in the way that he's using you is like amazing. You know, it is. And I would have never guessed or imagined, even though those words flew out of my mouth at five years old, I don't, I'm quite sure I didn't know what that meant at that young age. And, you know, God has a redemption and restoration plan, I believe, for every single person if we will but just listen. And, you know, I remember Athena, my, my parents dropping me off to church and me growing in the Lord. And when I got to high school age, I began to feel in my heart that when I went to college, you know, that I should study television. And so I say go to college, you know, at this time on my mom's side of the family, I was the first person to graduate from high school. And then I went on to college. And so I want to say this. I really didn't know all what I was doing. I was praying and just trying to figure it out. And every step, God met me. And he's no respecter of persons. He'll meet all of us if we'll just dare to believe him. I didn't know how to go to college. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know much of anything. I just 
kept trying to do the next right thing. And he's worked in and through me. And I got to see even my Muslim grandfather go to Christ before he died. I, I've seen my family and the mess that all of that was in. And we're certainly not a perfect family, but boy, has he ever redeemed and restored. Mm, I love that because that's just not something that we can do. We can't do that. Only God can do that and, you know, work all things together for good. Even when we mess up, even when, you know, troubles come and even when people make bad choices and do things that hurt other people or, you know, whatever it is, God still uses all of that. Yes, he does. To refine us, to sanctify us, to teach us to trust him. There's so much good that comes out of the struggles. Yes. You know, I think, Athena, when I meet a mom or a dad or a grandparent that is so concerned about their rebellious teen or their prodigal, I have so much compassion because I remember how angry I used to be. I remember how I used to F-bomb at the drop of a hat and just, just the vicious things that I would say and, you know, tell my parents that I just hated them, all of those things, which I deeply regret. But I will say, that as God has redeemed and restored, he's given me compassion for lost people, for people who are doing all the things that I used to do. You know, like even when you shared you were rebellious, when we've gone that road, I think we he will carve a lot of compassion in our heart if we'll let him. Absolutely. And I just think it's hilarious that, I mean, when I got saved at 33, because of coming out of Scientology and the, the actual yeah. environment, the F-bomb was like every sentence out of my mouth included an F-bomb. That was just the culture. Yes. And, and I'm, not, go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> just, it's just, I mean, when I realize that, it gives me so much more compassion and hope for those who are, you know, I mean, Christians are like notorious for like, oh, how dare you talk like that? Well, they're not Christians. What do you expect? Right, right. Lost people act like lost people. Yeah. And I love what you just said that every other word was an F-bomb because <laughs> I was just 13, but I said that every chance I got. And the home that I grew up in, that's how my family talked. I mean, just right. Swearing was just part of the deal. It wasn't like this great big thing that and, and don't misunderstand. Like, I don't do that now, but I have great compassion because I understand lost people are doing exactly what I used to do. And until we give our hearts to Christ, we don't have the power to overcome that. So I think like you, right, we need to be a lot more patient with people and understand that they're doing the best they can without Christ. And if we can just love on them and pray for them, there's a great big chance they'll come to Christ. Amen. I mean, I think about the people that I worked around who were all Christians. And I I just think about, their, you know, it must have been like extra grace being poured out on them to not react yes. to the way that I talked. Mm-hmm. Because it was, I mean, it, I was oblivious to it. It was just, right. it was just my 
language. And uh, to think that actually God drawing me and saying, okay, it's time and, and revealing himself when I actually said that prayer, all of that language, I mean, gone. I didn't have to go, oh, I shouldn't talk like that. I mean, it was boom, gone. And I just think if he can do that for me, who was a God hater, he can do that for anyone. And we just need to be that compassion that you're talking about is so important instead of the self-righteousness that we can end up portraying. Yeah. And I I think, you know, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, like you thought Christians, like who would want to do that? Like I thought Christians, they're so judgmental. They're the holier than thou people. And I also thought they had zero fashion sense because it used to be right. It used to be, you just had to, you know, wear these out of date clothes and do this. And it's just like, you know, I'm really not into all that, but all of those ideas that I had were wrong. I saw them in people, but that's not the heart of Christ. That's not who he is. And just like you, when I gave my heart to Christ, my F-bombing ways went right out the window. I started to want to read the word of God and I wanted to pray and uh, certainly wasn't perfect. I, th- I think we both know uh, none of us are perfect, but Jesus, but my behavior changed because I had given my heart to him and the Holy Spirit helped me every step of the way. I love that because it's just so refreshing to see how he works. Yes. He can just Holy Spirit mouthwash, you know, or just soap, you know, wash our mouths out with soap. I mean, he did it just like that. Yes. Yes. And gives us new desires, right? right. And, and new tastes for holiness and to be close to him and for love and for wanting peace rather than arguments, arguments like I used to want to. I I used to want the first word, the last word, every word in between. I had to always be right. And, you know, he changed me. And so when I look at people who are doing all of these things or demanding their rights or arguing all the time, I just think, God, I know you can do it for them too. That is so, that just has to be in the front of our minds as we see the chaos around us and the division and the hate and all all of that. Mm -hmm. There but God, by the grace of God, went we. Yes. (laughs) And oh my, he can do it for them as well. Absolutely. And he wants to. And if we really love him, we want him to also. We have to give up our hating ways and judgmental ways to really love on people with love and the truth. But both have to go together. Yes, absolutely. And that is where I always I struggle with having hard conversations that are truth filled mm-hmm. because I don't I want people to like me. But, you know, we have to be willing to have that, speak that truth, but have it be in love and not, yes. not with the sign and the turn or burn and the hater kind of. Yes. I mean, who in the whole wide world looks at a sign that says turn or burns and decides, you know, I'm going to accept Jesus right now. No one. No one. It's so silly. So why do we do that? I mean, the heart may be right. It may be out of a a wonderful intention to see people change. But really, 
working to build relationships with people, being kind, being loving, and letting God open that door and fill our mouths with love and with truth. And it is hard. Athena, I feel the same way. I want people to like me. I don't want people to think ill of me or that I'm not a nice person. I want them to like me, but I care about their soul more than that. So when that door gets opened, I'm going to walk through it with truth and love and prayer. Um, and knowing that even if they don't accept it at that moment, maybe two weeks from now, maybe six months, maybe a year, um, that person will get that spiritual turnaround. Mm. I love that. And you know, the other thing that just occurred to me is that your brother's Down syndrome and other issues, God used that to get you guys to church. Yes. I and, love, I mean, and that's you know, Romans 8.28, like in person and full technicolor. I yes. love that. Because I don't think that I would have gone for any other reason. I can tell you my Muslim grandfather... Uh, would have not, right? It was out of love for a two-year-old that we thought was not going to live very long. And he is still alive today. <laughs> and my brother is a Christian. And um, God, you know, I was thinking healing service, heal him of the Down syndrome. But what God did heal him of is he was never hospitalized again after that for upper respiratory, like for pneumonia and all of those things that would get out of control. He never was hospitalized again after that. Uh, and, you know, my brother serves as a like a helper to the ushers at his church and my parents' church, and he hands out bulletins. So he's been a blessing and God has worked through his life in incredible ways. And wow. um, I'm so thankful. I love that. Okay. So as we wrap up our time together, if there's, you know, a scripture that you would want to share with our listeners and our, those who are watching today, um, just that will encourage them yes. to trust God to redeem and restore mm -hmm. whatever they're hoping for. Yeah. You know, and I think you mentioned the scripture earlier, the Romans 8, 28, and to remember that when God says that he works all things, that means all things. He works all things out for our good when we love him, when we are called according to his purpose. So I would say whatever you're going through today, whatever that situation looks like, don't think it's too big for God to redeem or restore. He takes all of those really hard things in life. And he works them out for our good. And he does it as only God could do it because I can't figure it out. But he works them all out. So lean into that and believe that. And I, you will see God work it all out for your good. We can all have a message, can't we, Athena, of redemption and restoration. Amen, my friend. Thank you so much for being with us today. If, if someone wants to connect with you on social media or find you online, what's the best way to do that? So my website is monicaschmelter.com and it will give all of the social information there too and would love to connect and to be able to pray with people. Amen. Well, thank you so much, my friend. It has been an absolute delight to hear your story. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Athena. So thanks for joining us today on the Redeemed and Restored podcast brought to you by Athena Dean Holtz 
and the Romans 828 Bookstore, a division of Redemption Press. I'd love to have you review and share this podcast with friends, family, and others who can use the encouragement. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel at Athena Dean Holtz for more tips and tools to help you find the faithfulness of God. So thanks for joining us today. See you next week for another episode of Redeemed and Restored.